0: I want to introduce you um, to a man that I have gotten to see grow up here at this church. You know, I've been at Fellowship of Faith. It'll be actually 18 years, believe it or not, this September. And one of the cool things about being in a church for that long is there's people that I've gotten to know when they were like six years old that are now like <laughs> grown-ups. And so, I want to introduce to you a man that I got to meet at this age and watch him grow in the Lord, struggle in the Lord, his family, struggle with some next-level stuff that he'll be sharing today, take a path of distancing himself from God, but God bringing him back through a path of suffering, not despite suffering, interesting. Interesting. His name's Justin Johnson. He's actually an elder here. Justin Johnson, is, he's an elder here at Fellowship of Faith now. Uh, Justin, um, come on up, and let's welcome Justin forward. All right, so we're going to do a comparative game. Give me that picture one more time, all right? Yeah. Not yeah, much right. difference, right? Can you right? see it?
1: Can you see it? That was only a few inches ago, so.
0: But you didn't wear your halo, man. Or like, I, what's up? With I couldn't you? find it. Oh Yeah, I man. think we still have a pair of wings for you, though. Yeah, bring them on. I'll wear them. You know, live streamers, you're going to recognize Justin immediately, because um, Justin, um, along with my wife Tina, is is one of our anchors who runs our our, our pregame and our postgame show every single Sunday. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. You guys should go home tonight or today or whatever and watch the show because yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, have a lot yeah of definitely. If there. you come in house, definitely watch the watch show or even it. here on your phone. Yeah. yeah, true. So, so let me too. tell you what Justin is doing today. Justin is serving as our elder on duty. Justin is right doing the yep. pregame show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just for kicks, Justin is going to kind of do the message as well.
1: I thought, um, why we not? talked
0: to Steve. We saw if maybe Justin wanted to sing today um, to just kind of round it out. But he thought maybe you would go home and, and stop listening if that happened. But Justin, thank you for coming up here today. I mean, your story—I know as you shared it with me—is has been pretty incredible. Let's just start with introductions here. Sure. Introduce yourself to the congregation. Maybe your early history here at Fellowship of Faith. Stop before that moment at Fuse. Sure. Okay.
1: So, hi everybody. Like you said, I'm Justin. Um, I actually had the privilege of being here when I was two years old at the very first service we ever had at FOF, over at the Riverwood School. It was Good Friday, I don't even remember the year, but I was two, so. There's so a no big... one's holding it against you. No, yeah. I don't think so, I hope. <laughs> um, but yes, I was able to grow in this church, and uh, it's just insane where we're at now. But besides the point, um, I went with my parents. Obviously, when you're young, you follow your parents to church. You don't really quite understand what's going on. You try, but you don't really know. And up until, like you had mentioned, the fuse point, I mean, I was just kind of going through the motions, going to Sunday school, going to church, trying to participate, sing along, that kind of thing, but never quite hit until I was about in middle school.
0: Yeah, I know one of the ways that when you were sharing the story, and I see this a lot, parents, you probably see this too, where, you know, even if you're not putting up a fight with mom and dad to come, it's, it's nice enough to come. It, it's not really a connection with you and God. It's just, you know, you get some donuts and you see your friends and, you know, and, and truth be told, it's like that for a lot of adults too. Um, but there was a moment... Can you tell me, was it 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade? It was 6th grade, yeah. In 6th grade, and it was with our student ministry, um, which at the time was called FUSE. And, and why don't you just kind of share what happened there?
1: Yeah, so I was going to FUSE. It's a, so our student ministry starts at 6th grade through high school. Um, and I started going and didn't really like it. I was bored, you know, I didn't really yeah, enjoy did going. Yeah, mom forcing you a little They're bit. They're forcing you yeah. to go a little yeah. bit. And we went to a retreat. We had a retreat. There was two per year. One in the fall is a camping retreat, then the one in the spring is here in-house. And it was during one of the worship services. I don't remember the song, but in the middle of it, I felt a presence. If you guys have ever experienced this, you kind of know what I'm talking about. This the only way I can describe it as like a presence. And like at the hairs on my arms stood up, and like I just felt something was there. People were crying around me, dropping to their knees, just belting out the songs. People and these that, are students. These are middle students, school and like, high school students. You know,
0: 12-year-olds. Yeah. And I don't know, ever since then, I was like, wow, this is what they're talking about. So for you, that was the pivotal moment, not when you came to believe in God, but when God became personal, like a real. Moment. It was your relationship with Him. Yeah, definitely. And then ever, right.
1: ever since then, it was like kind of like a springboard. I started serving. I was an usher ever since I was little. I started taking that more seriously. I started going, excited to go to Fuse, our youth group, excited to go to church. I'd spend 12 hours here from 8 AM to 8 PM doing whatever I could all the way through high school.
0: Now, I know because this is going to pertain to what we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, you, your family is no stranger to tragedy. And uh, your younger brother, Jordan, mm-hmm. um, you know, was, was really a, um, a, a story that's both laced with just suffering and God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a story, um, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you know, you've often told me that your grandma mm-hmm. is like one of your heroes Whatever. or maybe the hero mm-hmm. of your faith. Shout out to, uh, to Bev, if you're listening, to grandma. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but your mom is actually one of my heroes in the faith. Um, what your mom and dad chose to do when many of people would have gone another direction and and, and live for 14 years. Tell us about Jordan and don't take for granted that people know what I'm talking about this morning.
1: Yeah, so um, my little brother Jordan was born with a very rare severe birth defect called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. So basically what that means is your heart has four chambers. So it's basically you cut that heart in half, two of those chambers were basically gone. So he was living life with a half a heart, basically. And as you can imagine, that comes with its own share of medical issues, and um, his life was a struggle. Um, The doctors encouraged my mom to abort, and she's like, no. She was a, a woman of faith, and a loving woman in general, and said that God wants this child to be here, he's gonna be here. So when he was born, it was maybe an hour into his life, doctors said, say your goodbyes. He's not gonna make it past the night, um, probably won't make it past the week if he does. But uh, something that they didn't know and we didn't know, Jordan did not like to listen, and especially <laughs> not to doctors. Uh, he made it through the night without countless of crashes. Uh, they had to bring the crash cart in, I couldn't tell you how many times. Um, and that kind of began the stepping point. Um, mm-hmm. He spent the first seven months of his life in the hospital in a specialty center up in Oak uh, my mom had my sister and I, who were both under the age of 10. I was seven, my sister was five. So she was bouncing around between our house in McHenry and the hospital in Oakland. Uh, he had two open heart surgeries before he was one. Uh, just, I mean, a bunch of issues. I mean, he died, I couldn't tell you how many times, but he yeah. was brought back.
0: Yeah, literally died. Yeah, literally yeah. died.
1: So after the second heart surgery, I don't know, details are a little fuzzy, but he sure. came home and we started to begin our home life with Jordan. Uh, something that's interesting about him, his lungs were really damaged in the course of all of this, so he would stop breathing, just randomly. We would be hanging out and all of a sudden just stop breathing and he would start turning purple and my mom would kind of blow on his face, like, come on, you can do it, you can do it, breathe, 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 and he would get, come back. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the times, though, he didn't. We had to call the ambulance. Uh, he just, my mom went up to try to resuscitate him a little bit and he wasn't responding. So we called an ambulance. They came. By the time he got there, of course, he was fine, waving at the EMT, smiling. <laughs> They're like, "What's wrong with him?" We're like, hmm, he's better now. So took him to the uh, Oakland Hospital again, and we put in something called a trach. Uh, a trach is a little hole right underneath your trachea here, and it pretty much widens your airway, so air can easily flow inside, in and out of your lungs a little bit. It helps you breathe if you're struggling to get it out through your mouth. And ever since then. Jordan's life started to turn around. The doctor said, even if he was to survive the hospital, his quality of life would be next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be able to crawl, wouldn't be able to walk, you know, wouldn't be able to hold his head up or anything like that, Well, slowly. But surely Jordan started marking those boxes. Yeah. Started to crawl, started to, you know, just be a little boy, you know? And I don't know exactly how old he was, but he had another open heart surgery. Mator- mortality rate for this one was very extreme. Um, but he made it through with flying colors, uh, true to Jordan's form. Mm -hmm. Uh, 16 hour surgery did not take nearly as long as they thought. He went straight to recovery, but a couple hours later, both his lungs collapsed and he crashed. So he'd be rushed back in for uh, emergency medical procedures, but pulled through once again, little miracle boy, pulled through. And when he came home, that's when he really started to live. He started walking, he started, we even, try to teach him how to talk by putting something over his trach so force air up into his mouth through his vocal cords and he made some sort of semblance of speech, kind of hard to understand. He made this really adorable but annoying honking noise <laughs> before then that he loved to abuse all the time. <laughs> so he could kind of piece together words out of that. Um, so that was exciting. We were enrolling him in school. He was going to school two or three times a week. You know, he's taking walks, getting out and experiencing the world. Because before then, he was trapped inside. He could not go anywhere. His immune system was next to nothing. So if he would have picked something up, a common cold could... It acted like what COVID would nowadays to a healthy human. So we had to be very precautious of that. And things were looking up. We were excited. We were talking about even removing the trach someday. Him, you know, having a life of his own. Something we never even thought possible.
0: Because again, just for clarification, we're not talking a matter of months. This was a year. Years. Yeah, of, yeah, sorry, this is a slow yeah,
1: progression. Exactly. A timeline right. of years. I mean he was eight, I think, when By he got in post I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But uh, come twenty sixteen, he got really sick. Like sicker than we've ever seen him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we called the ambulance like we've had a couple of times before and sent him to the hospital. One of the amazing things about my mom is she was a shield for my sister and I, so we would not really know exactly what's going on. She would bear the brunt and stress of what Jordan's life was by herself basically, shielded us from it, Um, but what she didn't know is our My iPad and her cell phone were linked during this time, (laughs) so she was sending texts out to our family, So we need prayers, his lungs aren't doing well, he probably won't make it through the night, and I got that. So I'm at home freaking out, trying not to call her to make her feel worse, but it slowly progressed to the point where he had to be put on an ECMO machine, I think that's what it's called, Mm -hmm. heart and Mm -hmm. lung machine. Um, Basically, they shut his heart off and they shut his lungs down so they can recuperate because he was severely severely damaged with the sickness he was battling um and that putting getting put on the heart and lung machine it's a great chance you're not going to make it your body will reject it and you'll die but take getting taken off of it for a normal person is almost unheard of it's extremely rare um so we were very nervous during that two-month time frame but again once again our little miracle boy pulled through uh, they removed him from the machine, and two or three weeks later, he was home. And but the doctor said to my mom that this was it. This was the last ditch effort we had. But yeah. if he gets sick like that again, there's no coming back. Mm-hmm. So through the next year, I went back to school. Everything was fine. And the following May, or no, the following March, he got sick again. Had to go back to the hospital. Not as bad as last time, but still pretty bad. And I went to visit him, he seemed fine, brought him home, seemed like everything was good. In May, when I was looking to move back home from school, my dad came to pick me up and I could tell something was up. And he said that Jordan wasn't going to bounce back this time. He was still on oxygen, which is weird, usually be off by now. And Mm -hmm. I got home and my mom kind of confirmed what we had feared miracles had run out and the doctors said that he wouldn't make it another month but once again <laughs> wrong you were uh, we put him in journey care and brought him home and he lasted three months yeah on medically induced comas uh failing kidneys and rectal stuff and <clears throat> Eventually the Lord called him home in he August. Was 14, Fourteen correct. Yep. So 14. there'll be four years coming up. Uh, it was horrible. That last three months were just absolutely horrible. But something I try to take away from this is any of you got the privilege to meet Jordan and his little smile, yeah. you would understand that no matter how much pain he was in, which we gauge is a lot, yeah. he smiled and just enjoyed life while he could. Uh, But unfortunately, it was too much for him to
0: bear after a while. I mean, honestly, thank you for just putting the story out there and and sharing this. And you know, a couple of things, I mean, I'll share with with you. Um, One of the things that so amazed me about your entire family, I know your mom took point on this, but it was your dad, you, your sister, your grandmas. I mean, it, it, was, it was a team effort mm-hmm. here, but in many ways, your mom, your dad, your family walked away from a life of your dreams, comfort, opportunities, and ease mm-hmm. for 24 seven care of your brother, who would have been so easy and understandably, for many people, to dismiss, um, to abort, mm-hmm. to allow nature to take its course, or whatever kind of you know, path you wanna go, and, and, and watching your mom especially, just day by day with uncertainty, of what the next moment will bring. Learning how to be a nurse with no training, with with life and death on the line and, and care for him and give herself. I mean, I know the exhaustion of a parent that much. I mean, I can't even talk in those terms when I look at your mom and it's it's that journey that, that's always just blown me away with, with all of yeah. you. Um, second thing, and I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I know we've talked about this, but in ministry, people have like highlight moments. You know, we all have a high rate, highlight reel of life, don't we? I'm, I'm sure you have your own maybe five or ten moments that you can think of, if, if not just in life, maybe professionally or in a certain venue. One of my, like, five or top ten moments in ministry was Jordan's funeral.
1: Which is an odd thing to
0: say. Right? No, it, it, it is an entirely odd thing to say at the casket of a fourteen-year-old boy. One of the, 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 how do we say it other than it was good? It was a celebration. It, it was a celebration, and not that he's gone, and not that his suffering is done, though that, that certainly was there, but that wasn't, that's not what I mean at all, that there was such this, this hope, this life, this joy, despite grief, despite tears, and, and maybe not even despite them, but through them. And this is what's something I'd like you to comment on or maybe share today, because my experiences with many people, the why God why leads them away from God. That suffering in this world and struggle in this world creates uncertainty and doubt in such a way that they find themselves distrusting God and distancing themselves from God, or maybe angry at God, rejecting God. But whatever the the emotions might be, the suffering is something that seems antithetical to God and therefore God is rejected or pushed back. Your family was the complete opposite. Jordan whom so many other people would rightfully say, how can there be a God if, and then point to Jordan, right? Yet it led you and your family to the arms of God and closer to God. Can you unpack this for us? Because I don't think it makes sense to a lot of people. Yeah, it, people ask me, like, how do I stay so faithful through everything that
1: me and my family has been through? And I kind of come back to them like, how can't you? When you have medical professionals who have spent their whole life adult life studying these kind of things telling you there's no way that this boy will live and he lives? I mean, What other answer is there? And from the get-go, my mom always made sure that we knew that the only way we're going to get through this is through God. And we kind of dragged ourselves closer together and just threw ourselves into our, our faith because we knew that's the only way we're going to get through this. And I mean, I know I kind of touched on it a little bit, but there's no comparison to what my mom went through with that.
0: None. With him, none. I mean, none. No,
1: there's just no words that I can say. She need, she'll need to come up here and switch, say it to herself, and I know she's in her chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Noel, we need you, right? <laughs> she can definitely touch on it a lot more than I can, Yeah. but yeah. just Jordan's life was happy because... That's who he was.
0: And talk to me about that because I understand at one level mm-hmm. how you could see the miraculous happen, but when you look at Jordan's quality of life, which was not good—not at all—can barely talk, no. um, uh, developmentally so affected, mm-hmm. y- y- you know, emotionally and cognitively, relationally, to be sure. Um, not to mention physically. Mm-hmm. I look at the ongoing struggle of life, not to mention the constant pain, the constant surgeries, the constant everything. I mean, sometimes with no disrespect to those who are in the acute phases, sometimes it's that chronic, dull, ongoing marathon that can be even harder, I think. That wears people down, and believe me, I know you're gonna say my family's no saints, Yeah. you know? Yeah, they are, but I know you're gonna say that. But, but I get what you mean. I know you had dark nights of the soul. I know that family struggled. I know there was anger at times. Believe me, you're human, and that's and, and normal. But, but it always drove you to God. How did you get through, and how did you see God, how did you see happiness exist in suffering as opposed to despite it? Because Jordan suffered for 14 years. Yeah, he did.
1: And he suffered, I mean, we can't understand how much he suffered because he was nonverbal. And the communication barrier between us was extreme. Yeah. So we don't know exactly what he went through, but but he was happy, and I saw yeah. it, he was happy. Just living with him and seeing the joy that this little thing's brought to us, him, just the smile he had, he loved to dance, he loved being around family, he loved just, <laughs> there's a picture that my uncle took of him right before he died. He was sitting in a chair, and we had a family party going on, and he wasn't doing anything, just looking, and he was smiling. Yeah. He just enjoyed life for what it was, and that's how you know God was there. Yeah. He was put on this earth because of the lives that he touched through all the suffering he went through, but yet he was happy, and that's because God was there. God was there every step of the way for him. He never lost him.
0: And it's amazing to me that it's joy and happiness in suffering, not despite it. Mm -hmm. It's so counter to the way we think. As you were telling the story of dancing, I remember there was this one show that Jordan recorded, your mom recorded, rather. Yeah. And I mean, we all have kids that watch the same thing over and over again. But I mean, this was like on steroids. I mean, it was like, what was that game so, show?
1: There was that, oh man, he taped good, Deal or No Deal all the yeah, time. Yeah, it was Deal or No Deal. That's he right. He right. loved when they clapped all the time, just clap all the time. That's what he would rewind all day long.
0: Just I, mean, clapping I remember all over and coming over again. back seven years later, seeing the exact same episode, episode <laughs> and him with the same level yeah. of joy, joy, looking at mom and looking at family mm-hmm. getting them all the clap and then after the 10 minute bit we'd watch it Go again over and, over and that was kind of life yeah. for, for a long yeah, time definitely. but the joy that yeah. he had in it's it just the little things we
1: had this it was a little potholder you'd put something hot on after you put in the microwave or something and one day my dad threw it at my sister and he happened to see it fly and he loved it. From then on, we would go up in our loft, he would throw it to us and we had to throw it back down. He would bring it back to my dad, he'd throw it back oh, up to us. Oh, did dad regret that moment yes. for the rest of his life? <laughs> I don't think he regretted it more than we did. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Just the small little things that he was able to do because he wasn't able to do a lot, that brought him just sheer joy that I don't think I've even experienced in my life.
0: Yeah. Now, I know that this experience and the faith that your family had and, and, you know, and all of it and the community that you immersed yourself, it, it, it drew you closer to God. But you did have a period of drifting. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's common, as um, is, is I remember, you had these amazing, um, that God was so real from that middle school moment up through high school, you were so immersed. And then what happened to you is true to many people. You go to college and it yeah. goes off a cliff and there's a period of deep drifting. Talk to us about that yeah. and that moment that brought you back.
1: Okay, so I left for college in 2014. I went to Southern Illinois University down in Carbondale. So that's like the extent of how far you can travel from here to the tip of Illinois without oh, leaving head. the state. Um, so it's one, the only bad part about this church, I'll have to say, is it spoils the rest of churches for you. Because I tried, and I tried a lot. Could not find a church that even touched FOF.
0: Thank you, I think. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I just, I stopped going. I couldn't, yeah. I didn't like the churches down there. And,
0: and then you don't know anyone. Exactly. It's, yeah.
1: it's, it's different than when you're immersed in a family that FOF is. And you yeah. kind of go by yourself. And so I just, I drifted away in that aspect. And uh, the year I went back to school after Jordan died, um, so kind of put it in perspective, we uh, buried Jordan, and then the next day, I moved back to school <laughs> and came back for another four days, and then went back again. So yeah. I didn't have time to kind of Even grapple with, yeah. Yeah. you know, grieving. So I kind of stuffed that in a box. I focused on the relationship I was in. And I focused on school. Well, that relationship ended a couple months later, and all that emotion from not only the breakup but not dealing with the fact that, you know, my best friend is gone mm-hmm. kind of hit me all at once, and it was just dark. This is the best way I can describe it. When I was at school and it was Palm Sunday of 2018 and I woke up and I'm like, I got to do something. I I need to go to church. There was a church. It was just like a a feeling or a conviction. It was 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 just just like I'm at the edge of my rope here. I need to do something to Hmm. switch it up. That's the only thing that I could you know, come to terms with was going to church. Mm-hmm. So there's a church within walking distance from my apartment. I do not like that church. But I didn't have a car, so I had no choice. Had no choice. Yeah, right, right. So I walked over there. It was a mega church, a traditional college town mega church with like seventeen pastors on staff. Mm-hmm. The messages were just not personal enough for me. But I sat there awkwardly in the back row, waiting mm-hmm. for the service to start, mm-hmm. and a man that I've never met before walked up to me, he's like, Hey man, I don't know why, but God I feel like God's telling me I need to sit with you and pray with you. And that was it. Cried in the <laughs> middle of this random church. My professor's over there. He's looking at me weird. Right to this complete stranger. And I kind of just like spilled it out all out on the table. And we sat and we prayed. And then the service started. And ever get that feeling that the preacher's preaching to you? Ever heard that before? Well, this happened to me. I uh, didn't know the guy. He was actually a guest speaker at the time. Go figure. Hmm. Um, but he was talking about kind of a rough patch in his life where he was financially unstable, but he was trying to work his way to, I think he was proposing to his fiance, or his girlfriend at the time. But he kept putting it off, kept putting it off, I'm not ready, I don't have enough money. But every time he would do that, something bad would happen, whether it's an appliance would break, or his car broke down, or someone broke into his house and stole all of his belongings. And finally he got the urge to buy the ring, he's like, I can't, and he's like, you know what, God, I'm gonna buy the ring, I'm gonna propose. And he proposed, and within that next week, They were sending him money in the mail for like, congratulations on getting engaged. Here's, you know, all this money. I guess a really wealthy uncle gave him $10,000. I'm like, what, where's that? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So he was able to get his car repaired and do all these things. And he realized that this was God telling him to get engaged. And if you keep pushing it off, your life's not gonna get better. So he finally embraced that. And you know what, God, I'm gonna put all my struggles on you. And I mean, that was just revelation and, time. And it, Yeah,
0: and it comes... And
1: after that, I walked out of the church just new. Like a whole weight had been lifted off my shoulders. This mm. experience I have not felt since Jordan passed. And I walked home to my apartment, I'm like, man, the sun really came out now, it's just bright. Mm. I walk into my apartment and I'm like, hey, it was really bright outside. He's like, why don't you bring sunglasses? I'm like, well, it was cloudy when I left. No, it wasn't, it was bright. So it was dull to wow. me because of the suffering that I was going through. I know it sounds weird to say, but I promise you, it was like that. And when I walked out of the church, it was brand new. So I realized that if I drift from God, like I have in, my, in the past, life is dark and God is light, if you will.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, it strikes me how many people can be surrounded by other people and yet be completely alone. And here you are in a mega True. church It's thousands plus yeah. by definition. Mm-hmm completely alone, and one person took the time to notice you, and do something absurd. I mean, really, would you do that to someone? You see someone sitting alone and go, I feel like God wants me to sit with you and that there's something on you. You ever have that nudge, though? Life has changed because yeah. someone Quite followed a nudge, yeah.
1: and I ran, and never doubt that. I ran into him later on in the library, and he was struggling. I just happened to walk wow. in and I'm like, hey man, I want to thank you for all that you've done for me. Yeah. He's like, great, can you help me? I'm like, of course. So we sat and prayed. And,
0: and isn't that the way of what it is? It's, yeah. It's,
1: he was a grad student going through a struggle and he graduated. I ran into him on his graduation day and we parted ways. We haven't talked since, but those, God puts people in your life for a reason. And he also takes them out, right? When it's time. And there He you does. Are.
0: There's this passage out of Hebrews chapter 13 that I'd like to read to you very briefly. And it just reminds me. Of this, Keep on loving each other as brothers Do not forget to entertain strangers For by doing so Some people have entertained angels Without knowing it Yeah, you know? definitely it just, It's like this living story Of that, that Before our eyes yeah. And from that You graduated You came back here You're doing pre and post game You're serving as an elder When you submit prayer requests This is one of the guys That's praying for you Um, One one of the men who's behind the scenes, it's it's this story, Justin, that I am so grateful you've been able to share today about how God works in a particular life and knowing that what God has done in your life, that your story will be different. But God has a story in your life as well. You know, we didn't make mention of this, but I'm going to kind of round it out. Um, Justin recently got engaged. So you talk about engagement, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: It's been a long time coming. I've been wanting to do it for a while, but we were both, we met in school, she was still in school for a while, and then she wanted to settle in, so I finally...
0: Did a rich uncle give you $10,000? No, I'm see, just that's curious. what I'm saying. Oh, okay, I just so, got right. engaged, where's my $10,000? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Oh, Justin, you don't even know what the wedding is going to cost yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just bought a house, though, yep, as well? Same so, day, actually. And
1: I got engaged, bought a house. Because why, like, why not?
0: Why not? Why not? Got to do it right? all at
1: once so I don't have to you know, do two separate days. But yeah, we got yeah. it all and moved in and...
0: And I know and since your time back, one thing we'll round it out with is I know that you have been plunging into developing your own spiritual life as well. And just very briefly, I know one of the things that many people struggle with in making their faith their own is not just having that feeling or that relationship with God, but then self-feeding, growing, coming to the word of God for themselves and not dependent on a teacher or a preacher or a devotion or, or something like that. And you've been doing this Bible reading plan. Just tell us about it briefly, what it came from, and how it's going. So,
1: I've, you know, I've read the Bible a little bit. I've never read it cover to cover, and I don't know anything about the Old Testament really, outside of the normal stories and the Ten Commandments, that kind of stuff. But I want to get more biblically knowledgeable, if that makes sense. So, Pastor put me on this reading plan, and I don't know how many of you read through the Old Testament, but Holy cow, is it boring. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's a section of there. I'm like, man, make it stop, make it stop. But I'm uh, in the middle of second Kings now. So kind of lining up with what we're doing in the 9 a.m. program. Mm -hmm. And it's more interesting now, but it's been amazing how learning the basis of our faith from way back in day one and kind of how it kind of plays into today and just makes me look at the world a little bit differently. And you're not actually reading the Bible. No, I'm listening to it. That's right. Tell us about that. So the Bible app, the U version, right, the Bible mm-hmm. app that you're talking about, allows you to press play and listen to it. So I have a 40-minute commute to, to and from work, so that's perfect for me to listen to something. And I tried reading the Bible with this little print at night. Put me to sleep because, like I said, it's boring. So I listen to it. It's a little bit more interesting that way. I can keep, in, keep up with it, understand it a little bit better. And it's been awesome. I actually look forward to listening to it.
0: And you're doing like eight, nine chapters of yeah. commute. I mean, it's yeah. 40 minutes it's there, 40 minutes back, right complete immersion. It's fascinating, too, that we're so about reading the Bible, but in the early church, they very rarely read the Bible. Right. The Bible was read to them. You listen to the Bible. And how it's actually a little truer to uh, original form and That's format. That's yeah. good. That's an why it an encouragement to you if you fall asleep, too, reading yeah, definitely any to testament. Yeah. yeah. Well, Justin, thanks for coming up and sharing today. Of thanks for what you're doing here at Fellowship of Faith. Um, it's a pleasure to be in ministry with you and uh, just oh, God bless you, brother. Let's give him a hand and let's uh, thank him for sharing this morning. Come we do this series because God has a story and you have a story too. And God wants to make his story your story. And when God's story becomes your story, your story becomes all the richer, all the more vibrant, all the more alive. I hope that by today hearing Justin's story, which is particular to him, that what you have heard that is so specific rings with something universal, that we seek a God and worship a God and call on the name of a God who who works in our lives personally. I love how the Psalms put it that he knows us from before the time we were born. He knows the very numbers on our heads. He knows us before our mothers conceived me that God knows you more than you know yourself. And he's good. And this God who is good, who knows you better, then even you know yourself invites you to trust him, to trust him with your story and let it come alive. That's what this is about here today, and that's who he is.